Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, a number of years ago, my wife and I went to a museum in Detroit. And we went to this museum for a very specific purpose. Uh, There was a traveling exhibit that had been going around the nation, and it had come to Detroit, and we wanted to see the exhibit. Uh, It was an exhibit on the life and kingdom of King Tut. Uh, It was a massive exhibit. Uh, It was full of uh, ancient artifacts. We spent hours exploring this exhibit, uh, learning about a culture and a time of history that we didn't know that much about. Uh, It went through all these hallways, weaving through hallway after hallway, ancient artifact after ancient artifact, until finally, the very end, when you got to the pinnacle of the whole exhibit. The last part of it, it was the best part of all. Uh, You got to look at the innermost coffin of King Tut. Uh, It was covered in gold. There were precious stones on it. We we sat there and we just stared at it, realizing what we were looking at had been uh, fought over throughout the ages. It had changed so many different hands. We stared at it and we realized this is a piece of ancient Egyptian art. Finally, After a number of hours looking at this exhibit, we we made our way out to go to the main part of the museum. We walked through the doors to leave the exhibit, and we noticed a little sign. It was a small little sign. It was maybe five or six inches. And the sign said this. This exhibit features genuine replicas. Genuine replicas. We had just spent the last number of hours thinking that we were looking at genuine artifacts, the real deal. But in fact, according to that sign, we were looking at really fake stuff, not the real deal. Uh, They were based on the genuine artifacts in Egypt, but they were not the real thing. These were counterfeits. They were shams. We felt like we had been duped. It was not the genuine thing. Now in our scripture reading today, looking through Romans, we continue our sermon series this summer through Romans. Here we are, Romans 12, and we hear that word, genuine. Romans 12 verse 9, let love be genuine. In other words, let love be real, authentic, true, sincere, or conversely, let love not be hypocritical, full of falsehood. Uh, Let love not be self-centered or self-seeking, have ulterior motives. And the Apostle Paul tells us, let love be genuine, and then he gives us details. He unpacks this in great detail, telling us what it looks like to have genuine love. I'm going to read this to you. It's it's a rather long section uh, through Romans. We heard this just a few moments ago, but it's worth hearing again. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. 
live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. These are powerful words. These are wonderful words, words that we should have in our ears. And as scholars, biblical scholars, look at this section of Scripture, they've tried to organize it. What is the structure? What is the organization? And uh, the consensus is there's no organization. There's no structure. Uh, But there is a flow. Uh, There's a movement through these words that we can uh, use to help us make sense of these. Let me tell you what I mean. Uh, Verse 10. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Uh, We begin with the call to love one another. Those closest to us. And according to to the context in which Paul's writing, he's saying, love your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. For you and for me, that's the people next to us. Uh, The person to your left, the person to your right, the person you're sharing a row with, the people gathered together here in worship or in our congregation, we're called to love one another. Those closest to us are brothers and sisters in Christ. But then it goes on. This genuine love is a little broader than that. Verse 13, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Paul here is telling us to love not just Christians closest to us, but brothers and sisters in Christ beyond Throughout his epistles, Paul is constantly talking about the saints in need in Jerusalem. And what he means by that is Christians in Jerusalem who need our help. And he appeals to other congregations, other regions, asking for money, asking for food, asking for a collection to help them. So for you and for me, this means that we love our brothers and sisters in Christ here, but also those who are in Lansing those who are in Michigan, those who are in the United States, in North America, and even beyond that. We love our brothers and sisters in Christ in Africa, in Asia, in Europe, in South America, around the world. But love is broader than even that. This genuine love that Paul's talking about goes further. This is where it gets radical. Verse 14 Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. This is echoing Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. The call for you and for me, for us to love our enemies, to bless those who persecute us. So genuine love doesn't just love lovable people. Genuine love doesn't love people like us. Genuine love doesn't love people who are easy to love but we love those who are hard to love, those who hurt us, those who are mean to us, those who would desire to hurt us. And then it goes further. Genuine love, uh, verse 18, goes even further than that, if you can imagine. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. We don't just love our own, We don't just love the saints in the church, brothers and sisters in Christ. We don't just love even our enemies, but live peaceably with all 
loving and living peaceably with all people. Now, these are great words, powerful words. Pastor Davis shared with me that these were words for a wedding yesterday. And I think that's a great idea. These would be great wedding words. These would be great words for any of us to reflect on today, tomorrow, through the rest of our life in Jesus. Great words. But there's just one problem. As I was wrestling through this text this week, there's just one problem. Love rarely looks like this, right? Our experience with love in our lives and in this world rarely if ever, looks like what Paul's describing in Romans chapter 12. The love that we have in our own lives is not often this genuine love. The love that we see in the world is not often genuine love. If we're being honest with ourselves, completely honest, our love is seldom genuine. It's not even a genuine replica of what love is supposed to be. It's not a reproduction, but, but our love is often a counterfeit, twisted, a sham, false, self-seeking, self-serving, turned in on ourselves in some way. We're, we're supposed to love those closest to us, right? But we find that we're frustrated and annoyed with the people closest to us. We've been called to show hospitality to other people, but we find that we look at other people with suspicion especially if they don't look like us or sound like us or speak our language. We've been called to love our enemies, but we hate our enemies. We've been called to live peaceably with all, but we live argumentatively with all, particularly online. And if we're not living argumentatively with other people, we're isolating ourselves from them, trying to avoid them. And I think the events in our nation this past week are a painful example that we don't have genuine love in this world. Uh, that when we see racism and violence, we realize that is not genuine love. That's the opposite. That's genuine hatred and genuine evil. But where it gets really challenging, really hard, is we look at the news and we see this example of, of not genuine love. We see the headlines, we watch the news, we look on social media, we read the comments, all of these different things, and we point it, we say, that is not genuine love. But when we do that, we're also pointing the finger at ourselves because we get frustrated with them. We have contempt for their contempt. We have anger for the anger we see in this world. We have hatred for the hatred we see in this world. We're experts at pointing at other people saying that is not genuine love. But when we do that, we're exposing our lack of patience, our lack of kindness, our lack of hospitality for other people. The truth is this. You and me, we're lacking in genuine love. Our world is painfully lacking in genuine love. But there's good news. There is hope even in the midst of this. There is one who has genuine love, real, authentic, genuine love, and that is our God shown to us in Christ Jesus. In Jesus, we see the genuine love of God. Everything Paul describes in Romans 12, Jesus does it. Jesus has love and concern for those closest to him, his disciples. How does he show this? He gets down on bended knee and he washes their filthy 
feet, doing the lowest task you could ever imagine. And then Jesus tells them, John 13, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Just like I'm washing your feet right now, you also are to love one another. But his love wasn't confined just to his disciples, but it was broader. He loved the people of God in need. Uh, Matthew 9, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. But then his love went further. It was even broader than that. Jesus loving those who persecuted him. Words you know, words from Jesus on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And his love going even further than that, extending to all of God's creation, all people, you and me. Matthew 5, 8, God showed his love for us that while we were still sinners, completely unlovable, Christ died for us. If we are to have genuine love, it's not gonna come from within us. And if we are to have genuine love, it's not gonna come from somewhere out in the world. It's not gonna come from reading the right thing on the internet, not reading the right blog, not saying the perfect comment to a post. Genuine love, real, authentic, genuine love is a gift that God has given to you and me in Jesus. He has shown us that love, living and dying on the cross, going to the tomb, leaving the tomb empty, taking your broken, sinful heart, swapping it out, destroying it, replacing it with new life, with a new heart capable of love. Not genuine replica love, not reproduction love, not counterfeit love, but real love of God. This is what Paul says in Romans 5. God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. This world desperately needs genuine love. Our nation needs genuine love. Our neighborhoods need genuine love. Our schools, our workplaces, our sports teams, your household, your family, we all need genuine love. And that's what our God has given to us. That's what we carry within us because the Holy Spirit is with us. The genuine love of God. This is most certainly true. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.